about to score the first three rounds. Attention. Look at the stare of the champion against the challenger. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. This is In The Fight.net's In The Fight show on Sportinarium Radio, talking MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing. Follow the show on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at ITF Show. And now from Philadelphia, Doc, Brett, In The Fight. Welcome back to In The Fight show, a combat sports experience. I am the Doc. I am joined as always by Brett. Actually, it should probably be the other way. It should probably be Brett introducing this show and saying, I am joined by the Doc. He has graced us with his presence. Hello, sir. What's going on, buddy? So I was watching Rocky Balboa. Rocky Six, to those who don't know. I need more of a connection back to Rocky five. This goes back to what I, I texted you the other day, a picture of Rocky five that was airing on Cinemax. Or and I chose Showtime. to ignore it. And yeah, you ignored me. You ignored me the whole morning. And I'm like, what the hell, man? It's Rocky five. You know that I didn't realize that one little punk kid in Rocky five is the guy from, uh, from uh, what's the show that entourage. Everybody? Yeah. Entourage more of a reason not to like that kid. Yeah, the, the kid who stole his jacket. Yeah, 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 a little punk. Yeah. Uh, so we've gone on, we may have even gone over this on the show at different points. You have a very strange love and appreciation for Rocky Five, which is undoubtedly the worst Rocky movie in the entire series, including the Creed movies. It's the worst by far. You do not need to have a connection to Rocky Five. The whole point of Rocky Balboa was to put a cap on the, at least at the time, a cap on the Rocky story, but have it different because Rock, Stallone hated Rocky Five. Rocky Five was supposed to be uh, Rocky dying in the ring, actually, which right. I don't know how well people, particularly of the Delaware Valley, would have taken that. Now, fast forward to there is now a Creed Three. That is supposed to be released, I believe, November, uh, basically Thanksgiving uh, 2003. Creed 2 was uh, Thanksgiving 2018. And supposedly Stallone is not going to be in this one. And I have serious issues with that. To me, and this is not a morbid thing. This is more of a life cycle thing. We need to see. I'm not saying the, the actual moment. Rocky has to die. And there has to be a funeral for Rocky. It is part of the story. You can't yeah. just have a movie where, like, the same way in Rocky Balboa, we he, he alludes to Adrian dying, and and then in Creed, Paulie just dies. You can't have that for Rocky. Rocky Please. needs his Mickey moment where he tells Creed and his son that he loves them, and then they start yelling. You need Wait. that. Wait, Paulie's dead in Creed? Did I miss something? Yeah, Paulie's dead in Creed, buddy. What room do you think Creed take? Uh, Donnie takes over. Remember, he finds the the old porn. He's like, I "Hey, Paulie, wow! I guess I just wasn't." I, See, I but guess like I, that I wasn't connecting it. 
Yeah. Well, now we're gonna. I mean, I, look, I could. I love the two Creed movies, but there are some things that I would nitpick, particularly like in the first one. I would have had Rocky tell some stories. There are classic stories that we saw as part of the storyline between the relationship between Paulie and Apollo. They didn't get along. That was kind of the whole thing of, of Rocky three. And yet there's like no mention of it. Right. Yeah. And th- th- that's like, and same thing. Creed two, the restaurant scene where Rocky sees Drago for the first time, he's way too calm. He's, he's be like, yeah, you killed my best friend. By the way, and let's get on top of Rocky for um, Ivan Drago committed murder. He threw the ref off of him. We're, we're going to have a whole murder. show on this. I understand, but I mean, you got me warmed up. I know. You know, you, you, know, you, you did this. You created this. You, you unleashed the monster. Drago committed murder. The beast in the basement. Drago committed murder. Um, that manager conspired, I think, the wife conspired, maybe even the trainers. The ref also should have lost his license because he the, didn't do a good enough job. The guy that looked like Gorbachev? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not good. The whole thing, yeah, that was whole, you know. Back to Rocky Five Which and sucks. Rocky Balboa. So it's like, okay, well, you, you, you ignore a lot of it other than an off-reference to home team, right? That's the only... That's the, that's the only reference back to Rocky Five. It's like, well, and and the brain thing. So I'm like, you know, you know me. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. You can't just ignore a chapter of a series like this. Uh, that that's important. So I go down an internet rabbit hole. Do you know? Go back to Rocky Five when they're looking at the brain scan and everything. Yeah, and. Considering we're in modern day now, not 1990, yeah, it's 2021. That would have been considered a severe concussion. He would have been in the protocol. That's it. Yeah, probably. Uh, look, by the way, the old, actually, and I'm not the even though I've I've been raised my entire life in the Delaware Valley area. I'm not the Philly sports guy. That's you. Also, check out SportsTalkPhilly.com. Thank you. Very good one. I know you've taught me well, but. The actual highlight of Rocky Five are the Philadelphia sports journalists grilling Tommy, oh. Tommy Morrison. Yeah. Oh, Stan no doubt Hockman, about it. The rest of them, tremendous. Because that's exactly how it actually would have went down. Like, yes, that that's not actually it was probably a little bit tamer than it would have been if yeah. that they were able to actually play themselves. Stan Hockman was in there. Uh, Bill Seltzer, who I yeah. went to school with, his kid. You know, a whole a whole crazy uh, group. We're gonna do a Rocky. Probably a double part, maybe even a triple part. Yeah, it's, it's coming up be, around Thanksgiving. It might be uh, a month long. It will be a month long, but people will enjoy it. This is in the fight. We are on Sports Talk Philly. We are Sports Talk Philly partner of Sports Talk Philly podcast. You can hear us on Sportswire Radio. Uh, unlike Rocky, where they go to, uh, well, what restaurant do they go to? And is it is it is it Creed? Where they're getting uh do they go to the steakhouse in Center City or am I mixing my Philadelphia movies? What I don't know what you're referring to. Well, what I'm getting to is if I were filming a new Rocky or a new Creed in this case, perhaps uh, Creed I, should go to DePaul's table. Exactly. Creed, there should be a scene at DePaul's table, 7 East Lancaster Avenue in Ardmore, a modern Italian steakhouse for all your needs. Uh Michael's Glass Company, 215-338-3293. Tell them that we sent you. 
You can also get some uni some uniforms. See, I'm in kid mode still. Uh, you can also get some merchandise. TKO store. T-E-E-K-O store.com slash collections. We're over there in the flight show. All right. Let's get to this thing. Oh, hold on. You are correct. Rocky does need to be buried, literally. You need to have the send-off. It's part of the lesson of Rocky. It's a life cycle. Yes. It, 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 look, I think that the Delaware Valley will be in a literally in a period of mourning for it. But it is, you can't just write. He can't, and apparently now there's going to be two other Rocky movies, though. One uh, is he's going to be training a, a kid, an immigrant from Mexico. And then an, I look, I, I'm I like skeptical it. of Creed and I love it. So. They we can have a whole discussion on Creed. Creed, the first Creed, fantastic. I would argue because it's in the in the universe, right? Yeah. Nothing's going to beat Rocky One. Creed is a top three in the whole thing. easily. Maybe it might it it could be cinematically and movie wise. It could be the best of the series. In my and Creed, but Creed Two, which was not as good, it scratched the itch. Yeah, Creed 2 was you, you, one you of the better training scenes. Yeah. You had and, to do it. Creed 2 was the the and and they did it right. It was you you kind of, it was formulaic, but uh, we'll get into it again. But I even thought what was great about Creed 2 is at the end you actually felt for the Dragos. There was a growth in that family. And um the the wife was a complete bitch. Gold digger. Yes, completely. Um, and you know she was pregnant during that movie? No. Yeah, that's why she's always wearing loose clothes. Uh, Bridget, um, why am I forgetting her name? Nielsen. Yeah, Bridget, she was pregnant. Isn't she like 90? She was pregnant. Was it with a... What's it it wasn't face? Stallone's. No, but remember she ended up on that VH1 show. Yeah, I don't think it's Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav, I couldn't think of the guy's name there. Yeah. All right, let's get to let's get to MMA. We're gonna go three up, three down. UFC Vegas 37 and Bellator 266. Let's get started. Your first three up as I get a refill of my cup of coffee. So my first up, I'm actually gonna go uh the Bellator route. I'm gonna go with Phil Davis, the winner of the main event of Bellator 266. Defeated Yoel Romero via really what I think was a controversial split decision. 30-27, 30-26, 28-29. I scored about 30-27 for Phil Davis. Um, to me, this was kind of what I expected. It wasn't an overly entertaining fight. Last week with the hired gun, I basically warned everyone, yeah, this is going to be kind of disappointing. But in that, it, having said that, Phil Davis set out to, Phil Davis accomplished everything he set out to do and neutralized one of the most dangerous fighters of the past 10 years. So to me, it he reminded everyone that he still is among the elites at the light heavyweight in the light heavyweight division. So for that, I got to give him credit. Uh, you know, it's sort of like the old Roy Jones song, y'all must have forgot, because sometimes we tend to forget Phil Davis really has only lost to the cream of the crop. He's only lost to Vadim Nemkov twice, Ryan Bader once. He's not the most exciting fighter, but you have to give it to him. He is one of the best at 205. 
why is it that he is stuck? And I, I say this lovingly that he is stuck in Bellator. Well, because he just even I mean, so you know, I talked about this a little bit last week when he came on the scene. It was right. You remember it was right around the time of John Jones. They had like fi, fi, um, similar physical stature. I mean, like when Phil Davis flexes his lats. It's like one of the more impressive looking things you can see. Oh, he's got he's a huge a, back. Huge back, unlike others I know. But you know, <laughs> nevertheless, it's you know, he's a physical specimen, and I think people just expected him to walk through the 205 pound division the same way John Jones did and end up fighting John Jones. He didn't end up doing that. He was successful, but not as successful. And he just developed this very conservative style which is not entertaining so now he's he's been in bellator for six years it's a really long time i know that's that's the wild thing about it but what he i mean so he's happy there obviously he's getting paid um there's nothing left really for i don't see him making the jump back to the ufc because i think dana could never stand this style because he's it's not a fan friendly style. It's just not. I ch- name me a, an exciting Phil Davis no, fight. I, I know, I, I, but the Dana White and the style thing, I roll my eyes because it, it, it's Bernard Hopkins. I don't ever think had the had an exciting style. Appreciative, right? Like he could outbox anybody. Yeah. Outbox guys. Yeah. It was him boxing. It was literally the the sport. It wasn't a, a slugfest. You know, we're talking Philadelphia fighters. It wasn't Rocky Balboa because everyone in Philadelphia thinks that Rocky Balboa is a uh, was a real guy. Yeah, you know, we could get to that later. <laughs> I just, I guess, no money involved, right? I guess that's how it's not marketable, right? Is that a Dana White thing? Dana I, White pisses me off because of the way he just fucks with fighters. Well, it, it's really annoying. I think it's partly that the marketability and also the fact that you know during this entire stretch until like the last year or so you had john jones you had daniel cormier you had for a while rumble johnson we'll get into him a little bit more in our news and notes section so you had got you had guys who most fans would say okay they're better than him so if he's not the number one guy if he's the number one guy then you go get him and he has his, his conservative style and whatever. You can say, look, we have the best. But he was never number one, a clear-cut number one. So just let him hang out in Bellator. Who is number two in your trending upwards? Number two is Anthony Lionheart-Smith, who defeated Ryan Spann in the main event of the UFC Vegas 37 card, uh, defeated Spann via submission, rear naked choke, and or Mataleon, however you'd like to. Uh, pronounce it 347 into round one i i was very impressed with anthony smith he's now on a three fight win streak after his two fight skid and has definitely once again reinserted himself into the title contention talk uh, i know he called out alexander rackage for december apparently the it, it looks like they might even put that fight together for december whether it be the main event of a fight night or on the UFC 269 card on December 11th. Look, Smith is just a a very talented. He's one of the best 205ers in the world, one of the best 205ers 
in the UFC. I thought Ryan Spam, I mean, physically, he's so imposing. He's 6'5", has length. He's huge for a light heavyweight. He just, he, he hasn't taken the next step, which I thought he would take in terms of his fight IQ. And Anthony Smith capitalized on that. Hurt him every time he connected, was able to get him down to the ground, submit him, very impressive performance. And afterwards was super pissed and he got in Spence's face. They almost fought again. He And he's basically, he's like super, it, it's like, um, I mean, I don't know. I think he's just generally pissed off that most people doubt him. Granted, I picked Ryan Spann to win the fight as well, and he's just on—he's on a mission. And that I'm—he, this is a motivated and angry Anthony Smith, and I'm excited to see what's next. Who is your third that is trending in a positive direction? So I actually—I—I I, I did a, a recent switch because you don't know this which one this is. This is Armin Sarukian, who led off the UFC Vegas 37 main card. Believe heading into the fight was ranked 14th. Uh, defeated Christos Giagos via TKO, two minutes, nine seconds into round one. This is a supremely talented, lightweight fighter, yet another just murderer in that division. But I think what to me, why it was super important is prior to this, all of his wins came via decision. Christos Giagos is a very talented fighter himself. You know, not quite of the top 15 level, but the fact he was able to get him out of there in the first round shows that he has finishing capabilities on his feet, with his hands, with his legs. So to me, very important. And I think this is a guy who, you know, you're going to see in the top 10, top five in the next year or two. Trending down, and I uh, I am sensing a trend here with your number one trending down, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it again. Who's number one or what is number one? Maybe it's an organization. Yeah, to me, it's got to be Bellator. And all in all, I would tell you that Bellator 266 was an entertaining card. So from that perspective, I don't have an issue with it. But to me, it's just I have a gigantic issue with the manner in which they booked Yoel Romero. He obviously, you weren't able to get the Yoel Romero-Anthony Johnson fight as part of the first round of the light heavyweight Grand Prix, excuse me, because Romero had the eye issue. Okay, bring Yoel Romero in with someone who is going to, um, you know, it's going to be a more entertaining fight, someone who accentuates his positives as opposed to a super talented Phil Davis who's basically just going to shut down any offense Yoel Romero has. Now, I understand, look, Yoel Romero is older, fighting in a new weight class, and apparently after the fight, didn't realize it was only a three-round fight, pulled a Donovan McNabb, thought it was a five-round fight. That's a bad look in and of itself. But to me, and even though Scott Coker's like, look, there's plenty of fights where we're going to get Yoel Romero, it's going to be very entertaining. Well, you, you just devalued the product. And you didn't give the rub to a homegrown Bellator guy. You just gave the rub to another former UFC guy. So if you wanted him to go ahead and lose, then just put him up against a champ or another homegrown Bellator guy. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me, and you devalued a, a key free agent acquisition in UL Romero. So to me, that's why Bellator, number one, trending down. Yeah, we don't have to get it. I mean, we could do a whole show. We probably should do a whole show on the kind of the state of Bellator. Yeah. The trend, they're, they're treading, they are treading water.
uh, maybe is the best way to put it. Who else do you have trending downwards here? So trending down number two, uh, alluded to earlier, Ryan Spann, who was defeated or law and lost to uh, Anthony Smith in the main event of UFC Vegas 37. This was really his opportunity to shine. Uh, I found it interesting. I, I thought it just meant he was super focused, but now looking back on it, the way he handled the media, the way he handled the face-offs with Anthony Smith, I think the moment got a little too big for him, even though obviously you're fighting in the apex with no fans. Um, just, I, It was very disappointing. Defensively, there were big lapses in uh, you know fundamentals, and look, he got finished within the first round. So that yeah, that's a bad loss. Um, you know, he's only 30 years old. Could he come back? Absolutely. And look, Anthony Smith lost two. You know, he's coming back. He's in his mid-30s after, you know, what, 50-plus fights. So I'm not saying it's the end for Ryan Spann. But I, I thought he was still young enough where every time we see him, he's growing exponentially. But that was definitely not the case in this performance. So for that reason, I have him as the number two guy. Who's your number three fighter? or organization or individual (laughs) entity trending down uh number three to me is actually devin clark he is the fighter who lost in the co-main event of ufc vegas 37 he lost to iwan kutalaba uh via unanimous decision and it was 30 26 29 26 29 27 Uh, i think this was devin clark's opportunity to to sort of prove that he is more than just a prospect and he failed in accomplishing that. And not only did he lose, he took some serious damage. For anyone who saw on Instagram, his teeth got seriously fucked up. So not only did you take the L, you took an L with your mouth. And it, it's a pretty nasty picture. So, And the fact that you are not able to graduate from prospect status. I have Devin Clark as my final one down. The, the picture of the teeth, it was like uh, some something horrific out of the Amazon. There was a the, there's a guy that goes around uh, bear is it bear grills or one of those dudes that does like these fishing shows yeah. where you're going to catch all these crazy fish. And uh, there's some fish in the Amazon that has really scary looking mouth like that. It was disgusting. You know what it reminded me of? Um, young blood. You remember the Got movie it. Young Blood with Whatever, Rob yeah. Lowe? Yeah. The last scene when Rob Lowe knocks out Racky or Rackage, whatever his name was, and he f- screws up his teeth. It reminded me of that too. We're dating ourselves with these uh, movies from the Young Blood might have been early nineties. Was it ninety one or was it eighties? That was eighties. Was it eighties? Wasn't there a Philadelphia Flyer who was part of the team? I'm pretty sure there was. Oh, uh, yeah. Keep let's let's go to Dana White's contender series uh, week five or excuse me Dana White's contender series week four recap and I'm gonna go get my phone and look up Youngblood. Okay, so the uh, Dana White's contender series season five week four occurred last night. Uh, I gotta tell you, for those of you that are not watching, I would highly recommend you watch it. First off, you have history in the making in the last several weeks because you have Laura Sanko, the first female to do. Um, you know, to be a uh, color analyst and is doing a tremendous job with it. Uh, last night, she was teamed up with Michael Bisping and they were great together. She's been fantastic with whomever they put with her. It's been Paul Felder. It's been Daniel Cormier. They need to put her for fight nights. They need to get her on for pay-per-view. She's fantastic. Um, and also it's been very high level fights. 
and guys who I'm very interested to see join the UFC roster. There were five fights. The winners of four of the fights ended up with contracts. You had Victor Martinez, who defeated Jacob Rosales via unanimous decision. Uh, it's in the lightweight division. Martinez gets a contract. Clayton Rodriguez defeated uh, Cage Fury Fighting Championship flyweight champ Santo Curatolo from Staten Island uh, via unanimous decision. Rodriguez gets a contract. Michael Morales, who's only 22 years old, defeated Nikolai Veritanikov via unanimous decision. He's in the welterweight division. Very promising fighter. Then in the main event of the uh, the night, AJ Dobson, AJ Dobson defeated Hashem Arcaga via submission. It was a rear naked choke, four minutes, 21 seconds. In the round one, they are middleweights, although the fight was fought, fought at a catchweight because Arcaga had missed weight. Dobson looks very aggressive and very talented. All these guys, really looking forward to seeing them. I also think that Curatolo, even though he lost, I think he's going to end up in the UFC as well. Staten Island Zone. Shout out to Tommy Bryce. Uh, so one of his fellow Staten Island brethren will be fighting in the UFC at some point because I think he's very talented. Peter Zezel. Yes. Yes, and Peter Zezel was a – well, he played for a bunch of teams, but he was the – the ladies loved Peter Zezel in Philadelphia in the mid-'80s. A.J. Dobson, that was a good fight. I watched that fight in its entirety as I was in, in a uh, cold medicine-induced, I don't know, stupor. Uh, and during said stupor, I did reach out to him via Twitter to come on our show. So yeah. let's see what happens. You never know. You never know. So, it, But all in all, I, I mean, I've enjoyed – all five seasons of Dana White's Contender Series, but I almost feel like the level of fighter they're getting now is increasing. It's really, the show is good. They're getting the timing down better. Really enjoying it. We, You know, I have picked on Dana White's Contender Series versus the Ultimate Fighter because to me, I was like, well, it's kind of one in the same. Uh, I do like Dana White's Contender Series, but I do agree with you. This season, uh, particularly last night, seemed like it was hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. like it. it I don't want to say it was better than the fight card, the Vegas fight card. I don't know. There was just something about it that had like a, um, there was intensity around it. It maybe is the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, look, they do. Un unlike the fight night cards, they do this great job of this intro video where you learn about the fighters. You learn where they come from, what their motivations are. And I mean, you hear some amazing stories and you have over the past five seasons. Whereas for fight night, it's, you know, Oh, well, um, you know, you have Armin Sarukian who's 3-0 in his past three fights, all decisions. You don't you because they assume that you know all these people, they're not telling you as much. It's not a deeper dive into their backstory where you're getting that with Dana White's contender series. And I think also you kind of know, like, all right, these are all young fighters, up and comers. So you kind of go in with fresh eyes. You're not I mean, yeah, you, you see the odds, so you know who's going to be a favorite and whatnot. You're going in with fresh eyes, just expecting decent fights. Clear eyes, full hearts can't lose. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned Tommy Bryce. Tommy Bryce in a sports report, Sports Wire Radio. Tommy Bryce keeps sharing these pictures of pizza and burgers on Staten Island, and I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta take a ride. You spent some time up there. Yes, I, I, I spent my freshman year of college at Wagner College up on Grimes Hill. Uh, there is some excellent food on the Isle of Staten. Yes, best pizza. 
Now you're, you're probably dating yourself. But I that, forget that. Yeah, that's the. It was the fall of 2002, and I forget that there were just. Let's just say, throughout, like you would walk around the dorms and at night, and there were some good pizza to be had. We had, you know, and I'm sure you had this as well at Kane. Um, you have there was a place during the day where you could get like two. It, they had a special during the day. It was like two pies for like ten bucks even including delivery. And that wasn't as good, but that was your daytime pizza. Then you had like your good nighttime. There was two places on Victory Boulevard, which were just absolutely fantastic. And that, I mean, yeah, there was great sandwich shops. Great, I mean, there was tr- great cannolis. Then I was a good Chinese place, a place where I, you know, I even had a line of credit, which that's uh, <laughs> an entirely separate discussion. Did you ever pay that off? I did, yes. Myself and my roommate, we, we paid that off. Well, he, he's an attorney now. He should be able to afford those kind of things. Yes, uh, he's an interesting character. But yeah, that was that was a low moment. But the guy, they, they trusted us. So go figure. If you are in need of uh, attorney coverage in the, what is it, uh, Poughkeepsie? That's, that's uh, right? yeah, the Hudson Valley area. Go for it. Plug him. Uh, the bill. Anthony Sillis, I, I guess he's uh, is was is, his name is Anthony Sillis. I believe it's Anthony Sillis Law. I believe the website is SillisLaw.com. Does handles uh, criminal representations, divorce proceedings, as well as uh, enforcing those Second Amendment rights you may want to enforce. So there you go, Sillis Law. Silas Law in the heart of the Hudson Valley, Poughkeepsie, near the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, a great venue for fighting and wrestling. Uh, Anthony, the check the check is not in the mail. Send the check in the mail. Send it to yes. Brett. Uh, maybe we'll get you a T-shirt. Uh, let's move on to our news and notes section here. Uh, some retirements in the world of MMA. Yeah, there are two very big retirements, which took place right, you know, back-to-back. First one being Carlos Condit, the former... UFC interim welterweight champion and the former WEC welterweight champion. And then the day after Joseph Benavidez, the longtime first bantamweight and then flyweight title challenger, both guys really among the best fighters of their era, that era being probably the late aughts to like the 2015 era, but guys who put on tremendous fights um, really just enjoyed watching both of them. So we, I, you and I have seen, we saw Joseph Benavidez live. I don't believe we ever saw Carlos Condit live. You know, I just found my book of tickets. Yeah. From all the events that I have gone to. So I'm going to pull all the MMA ones and we'll, we'll talk about them on a show. Like, oh, I have the, the board, boardwalk, whatever it was. UFC. Uh, 53. Yeah. Uh, the battle in the bathroom, as I like to call it. I, mi- I miss the names. The names were good. The names were good. But we wish them well in the retirement. Uh, speaking of Staten Island yes. and the Jersey Shore area, Dylan Dennis uh, having a little bit of an issue like your buddy Ronnie Magro from the Jersey Shore. Well, I, I kind of – I put the Ronnie Magro thing in there because I thought he was more of your buddy. It is my buddy. Well, my first thought when I read it is I'm like, what are we reporting on, on Ronnie? What the hell did he do now? He's got the chick. <laughs> He's, by all accounts, doing well. He's not getting beat up in Secaucus. So what's you know what's the big deal? By the way, if we're actually being technical, the only one who was from Staten Island was Vinny. No, and then and then what's her face, uh, Angelina? And well, yes, but I'm talking about the men. Oh, the men, yeah. Well, yeah. They all, and the, so Vinny was the only one from Staten Island. 
Yeah. Uh, he's got a new show out. Haven't watched it yet. Um, Not going to. What? You watch it. Come on. No, no, no. I, I watched I watch The Family Vacation. It's like a throwback to a different time in my life. I don't watch the double. I, I'm not a Vinny guy. I yeah, think I, turned, I liked him back. I liked him 15 years ago. So they, the characters, I don't know. I don't want to call it the people. I don't know how much of it's actually them and how much of it's amped up to 11. But the characters, you know, I hated that show. You, you can attest to this. That yeah. show, I despised Jersey Shore. Like, get that show off my TV. I don't need to be walking on the boardwalk in Ocean City seeing these Guido shirts. That's not New Jersey. I came into it during vacation, during the first season of the vacation. How, yeah. I don't know. But I've actually uh, grown to love them a little bit. Like, the situation, I think, regardless of whether it's a character on, on the show, I think it's a great story. Like, yeah. look, he screwed up drastically and has changed his life around and he's an inspiration as he as he will let you know to a lot yeah. of different people and that's regardless of what you think regardless of what you think of the show that's awesome that's a cool story yeah Vinny, on the other hand what a miserable prick i just find him very annoying he's kind of condescending and of all of all of them both the the, the guys and girls I, I think he's the most annoying do you think they should bring back a what's her face? Yeah, Sam? absolutely. Is it worth? Did we did we have this conversation or did I have this conversation with my wife about bringing her back? I I, I don't know. I don't recall us having it. I know we've talked about the show before, but uh, yeah, they should absolutely bring her back. Now, isn't well, Ronnie Mag? Isn't he engaged? Uh so I'm not sure. I do not follow the dirt sheets of. <laughs> Uh, uh, I thought Shore. I saw that I'm passing honestly because when I open my tab on my Internet Explorer, whichever one I have, it's just like new. I mean, it's COVID, it's it's stocks, it's football, and then there's like an entertainment section, and so you, I, you know, I get all like the TMZ stuff, and I thought I saw that Ronnie Magro was was uh, engaged, and if so, then that would be very interesting because now it's sort of I don't think she's involved. She's not involved at all. Oh, no. Well, no, she's not involved. So that would be an interesting dynamic. I believe she was involved with a gentleman from an Indian school near us. No, from Washington Township. Oh, that's right. It was Washington Township. God knows. Terrible mayor, terrible high school, very bad alumni there. They'll break your heart. They'll run away from you if your father dies. It just happens. Let's talk. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Ah. You throw that at me, and I have to. Uh, Dylan Dennis. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, Dylan Dennis. These people, we've lost a lot of people right now. For those of you that stuck with us, I appreciate it. Dylan Dennis, the Bellator MMA fighter, the jiu-jitsu competitor, former uh, Marcelo Garcia student who was then kicked out, who was also the grappling coach slash training partner of Conor McGregor, was arrested at Seaside Heights. There is video of it. It's a bad look. This is a guy who the, the Paul brothers have trolled tremendously well. Uh, this is not a good look. I don't know if this is going to be, you know, the first of many different incidents, but hopefully he's able to straighten things out. This was, But this was bad. Who gets arrested in Seaside Heights in September? I don't When did Ronnie? 
That was all. That was, when did Snooki? When did Dina? Then they all get arrested. Then? Yeah, where's the beach? I was over right? the summer. Where's yeah, the, yeah. Over the summer. The beach. It's, it's at least it's uh, you can kind of be like okay, but it's September in the Jersey Shore. That, that's that's locals' time. No shoobies. Well, you know, I mean, he was probably going. Maybe he was looking for Frankie Edgar, and was off by a town. It's true. Maybe he was. I don't know. Let's talk uh, last. Let's talk Dana week. Dana White's contender series week three. So is there? There's an issue here. Well, I, there's an issue if you. How do I put? So there's an issue if you you know follow the background of some of these fighters and not just simply their abilities. So one of the contract winners was a, okay. Hold on, time out. Yes, this is our political issue then. Well, I, I, well, if you'd let me finish, yeah. Right. Okay, so Albert, Sorry, Albert, whoa, whoa, whoa! All right, there, Mister Smallback. Okay, so Albert Duraev, who earned a contract in the season, week three of Dana White's Contender Series, um, is a Chechen fighter. Comes from the Akmat MMA organization. Uh, this is a guy who apparently on video had you can see him torturing a cat which is not something I'm a fan of, uh, being pro-cat. And well, it's also, also serial, serial killer stuff. Like, if you watch any of those shows, like, uh, well, what's the one on, on CBS? That, that, well, I don't know, but there's that Netflix thing, Don't Fuck With Cats. But, I I, yeah. but then also he is um, – he there's another former UFC fighter, and Duraev as well, uh, have spoke out in favor of there was a, a Chechen refugee who was in France who beheaded a teacher and he spoke out in favor of this due to uh, differences in the beliefs of the French teacher as compared with this young Chechen kid who took issue with what the teacher was teaching uh, and, and he beheaded them, beheaded him and Dariah okay. said that that was okay. Well, sure. So and then once again, shout outs to Kareem Zidane, uh, who you know is a tremendous journalist and calls out uh, these fighters and shady actors who the UFC is always willing to do business with. In this country, we have issues with people doing the helicopter, and rightfully so. You have a murder being like a beheading, a beheading, uh, which is. Look, I, this comes back to, I think, Dana White's... I don't want to say it's his political affiliation, because I don't know that has anything to do with it. It's just... Uh, some shit you just got to say, you know what, man? Sorry. Move along. Yeah, and look, I understand this is the business of fighting, so it, it's not that everyone has to be an angel or something of that nature, but you should look at it, even if you're the president of the UFC, that it's a privilege to be in the UFC and it's just certain, like certain things, you can't have. You you so you know to me, but they, they've been in business with all. Uh, they, I mean, Ramzan Kadyrov was at the, I, I forget the number already, but the UFC two forty two show uh, with, um, you know, the Magomedov against Poirier back in the day. It, you're you're doing business with bad actors, and that's that's a problem. Because you're giving you're you're giving legitimacy, you're giving them a platform. I'm who knows if we should be speaking about it. Not not from a sense of being afraid of it, but just um, you know, 
just making I, I think it's good to make people aware of that that's all and meanwhile he's already been booked for a fight in abu dhabi uh on at ufc 267 against alessio de chirico chirico i always mispronounce that one uh, more fight news coming out we have the return excuse me the return of figgy the barbarian he is back in in action uh let's run down some of that stuff yeah, so uh, the biggest scheduling news of the week uh, is the announcement that Brandon Moreno's first title defense will actually be the trilogy bout between he and Davis and Figueredo, as we refer to him on the show, uh, per the um, hired gun, Figgy the Barbarian. So Moreno Figueredo 3 is set for UFC 269 on December 11th. I'm a, I believe it's going to be the co-main event. It looks like that's going to be another one of those uh, triple title fight cards because you you already have Amanda Nunes against Juliana Pena's book for that card. And then we also have, rumored to be, Dustin Poirier uh, taking on Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title, which that that's an excellent card. Speaking of cards, Madison Square Garden. How Has it gone on sale yet? Yes, it did. Did it sell out? It is not. I don't believe it is sold out yet. Uh, I know that I passed on going for well, various reasons. I'm interested in seeing how it sells in New York, considering because it's in the it's in in New York. New York City has some of the strictest laws as pertains to going to an event. I don't believe it. it it's vaccination, right? Yeah, it's and not, it's you have to. I if you go on Ticketmaster, for instance, to look up the, it will say that you have to be vaccinated and children under the age of 18 have to be a accompanied by someone who's been vaccinated and b demonstrate a negative pcr test within i was either 72 or 48 hours so from a safety perspective i actually would feel safer there than i do at other sporting events i'm not going to get into that on this show uh to me it was more of a personal decision based upon what I think the crowd makeup is going to be, I believe President Trump's probably going to be there, given that Colby Covington is going to be in the main event against Kamara Usman. I really don't want to deal with that. I, you know, I having gone to UFC 244. How are they going to get in? Trump is vaccinated. Trump is vaccinated. His followers are a bunch of idiots and morons. Well, so how so, are they getting in? They're all well, going to be on the outside. Well, you know, some of them got vaccinated, and your Oompa Loompas on the inside while you're the, on the outside. Because by the not- way, meanwhile, so when I went to UFC 244 with where Trump and I guess the Trumps attended it, it actually got me held up because when exiting the arena, we had they sealed off the entire corner, and people are literally getting sm- slammed together outside. Because we had to wait for the motorcade to leave, which they're going to do again, even though he's a former president, still gets Secret Service protection. So I, I don't need that. I'd rather, honestly, it's an, a fantastic card. Maybe we'll even, uh, whether it's you and me, whether maybe uh, uh, the hired gun and myself, we might do a, a live stream, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not teasing anything. Either way, I just want to be able to enjoy watching that. So that's why I've decided not to go. Anytime a president or former president is at an event, it is, it does become an epic pain in the ass. Yeah. I can remember going to Army-Navy games where uh, specifically, I don't know if it was, if, if Barack, it must have been Barack Obama, 
was there. And then I think at the same time, I believe George Bush, former George, George W., I believe they were both there. So you have like this double element of security and yeah. one left during the game, no big deal. But then one left was le one state. So anyone who's been to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, it's easy to get, it's easier to get out of. But because there was a former president or president at the time, it was just a nightmare. Everything was sealed off. You couldn't yeah. go certain ways. Even when a president's just in town, you know, where yeah. where we are, easy shot for me to go into Philadelphia, my my shot driving over the bridge. I'm going right over the bridge, right into Philly. Well, that's where they are usually, and everything gets shut down. It just causes absolute chaos. Yeah, so even if you remove the political component to – 268, which again, I think there's going to be a heightened sense on both Yeah, it was just sides. me being an asshole and calling these idiots out. No, 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 but I, look, I, I share your sentiment with respect to those things, but even removing that, having any president there, it, it just adds a layer of difficulty, which I went through once. I don't I don't feel that, and plus the tickets are even more expensive this time. The seats that the hired gun and I had last time are plus an, an additional 200 bucks. And they were really, I mean, we had amazing seats, uh, and this was just a whole different level. So you can just enjoy it at home. Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant, they get into a little bit of a fisticuffs uh, in a pre-fight press conference. This was a pre-Johnny Wagon before the main Johnny Wagon. Um, so, yes, and Canelo will be taking on Caleb Plant on November 6th, the same night as UFC 268. They haven't yet figured out the timing of that uh, because actually if you go back to UFC 244, Canelo fought and they actually held off on the main event until the end of Diaz Masvidal. They literally delayed everything by like 35 minutes and you saw Canelo just hanging out on a couch. So I, I think they're going to sort of time it so that one of them will be finished before the other. Nevertheless, there was a pre-fight press conference in Beverly Hills and Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant. So, again, middleweight unification bout. Excited about that. They got into a little Johnny Wagon, fisticuffs. Canelo pushed Plant, then they came back. Plant threw a right. Canelo, with his tremendous reflexes, um, ducked, countered, and opened up a nasty gash underneath Plant's right eye. So, I don't think that's going to affect the fight. But, once again, that's got to get in your head. I mean, you threw one right, and you already got you got bloodied already, so that that doesn't bode well. Let's preview some boxing while we're at it. We have boxing this weekend. Anthony Joshua. You okay there, buddy? It's okay. Don't worry, guys. He's coughing. He's he's fine. He's just, so. Anyways, on Saturday on in the U.S. Uh, on the zone. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be on for all of our UK fans. By the way, shout out to all of our UK fans. Who's going to be taking on Alexander Usyk? Usyk uh, in the US. The event starts at 1 p.m. The fight they are anticipating will take place approximately at 5 p.m., which is really perfect timing because UFC 266, which we're going to be previewing in a minute, starts at 6 p.m. So you have Joshua Usyk, then go right into UFC 266 taking place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. So Joshua is defending his WBA, IBF, 
WBO and IBO heavyweight titles. Uh, no, he does not have the in the fight heavyweight championship. We yet uh, have not decided who we will be awarding that to. Nevertheless, uh, it's in a very interesting fight. As those of you that know, Usyk is coming up in weight. I mean, he's the former undisputed cruiserweight champ. Speaking of the Creed movies, he had KO'd Tony Ballou, who you may know. For those of you who only just follow the Creed movies, that's pretty Ricky Conlon. Uh, he's a former gold medalist. Since jumping to heavyweight, he has two wins, one over Chaz Witherspoon, another over Derek uh, Chisora. Obviously, this is a big step up in competition. Joshua's going to be the largest heavyweight he's ever fought. Usyk is a supreme talent. I just think that he's going to have serious difficulties with respect to the physicality that, that Joshua brings to the table. But, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, Usyk has never – I, I got to go with Joshua in this. But, you know, it's it's fighting, it's boxing. Nothing ever surprises me. Uh, but to me, I think even though competitive fight, I think Josh was just too big and too strong. How you feeling there, buddy? I'm okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Still fighting <laughs> this cold thing a little bit. So uh, every now and then I get these little coughing fits, three negative COVID tests. I know it's not that, but, uh, there's not enough mucinex in this world for me right now. Uh, it's probably on short circuit. It's perfect timing. You are correct. Because that'll be halftime of the Rutgers uh, Michigan game as well, which yes. will probably be over uh, by a quarter at that point. Let's get to you. By the way, just a little public service announcement. Unless you're engaged in an actual paintball gun contest, don't shoot paintballs to people. It's not nice. It hurts. Just don't do it. You get arrested. Don't do it. It's not necessary. Go to a paintball course. And Which the there is one. The worst part, well, no, because they weren't in Egg Harbor. <laughs> they weren't in Egg Harbor City. I was gonna say there is one right on Route 30, right up the road. But nonetheless, I'm not naming names. I'm just saying, as a public service announcement, for those of you that have paintball guns, unless you're engaged in a paintball fight of, you know, where you, you capture the flag kind of thing with the paintballs, don't just shoot random people. It's not nice, and you'll get arrested. Yes, UFC 266. The main event, Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega uh, from, obviously, the ultimate fighter. Let's run down this card. Yeah, I got to tell you, this is a fantastic card. Super excited. A uh, little bit of news I found out. Well, there's there's some news that you uh, told me we're going to get into about the featured bout in a moment. Uh, Joe Rogan actually will not be uh, part of the commentary team for this event as this apparently conflicts with his hunting trip. So the on the call will be John Anik, Daniel Cormier, and Philadelphia's own Paul Felder. That's an excellent trio as well. Looking forward to that. So as you mentioned, the main event, Volkanovski against Ortega. Uh, fantastic fight. Really interesting. You know, Volkanovski, to his credit, has beaten Max Holloway twice. I do think Holloway beat him the last time. It was razor-thin decision either way. Ortega has improved dramatically. Uh, you know, he took two years off after losing to Holloway, then fought the Korean zombie. Looks fantastic. He has power in his feet. I mean, this is a guy who literally floored Frankie Edgar uh, with a nasty uppercut, uses his elbows well. We knew he has sick jujitsu, you know, under the tutelage of Henner and Huron Gracie at the Gracie Academy. So it's going to be interesting. Volkanovski is sort of like this master fight IQ guy. But if he takes him down, that's sort of. Ortega's world so you don't want to do that 
And, you know, Ortega is his stand up has improved dramatic, uh, dramatically. Dramatically is not a word. So it's, it's just a really fascinating fight. I, I give, you know, I think Volkanovsky can put a pace on basically anyone. I mean, we saw him physically break Chad Mendez and uh, to the point where it, Chad Mendez then retired at the time after that fight. You know, Holloway is a different level. Those two are the best in the world. We're going to see with Ortega. This is an interesting fight. Uh, obviously, I'd be making my picks on Saturday. Check it out. Add in the fight show. Really, there's there's a decent amount of bad blood that developed because of the ultimate fight. These guys don't like each other. So really excited about this fight. There's a decent enough amount of bad blood. I don't want to say it seemed forced, but it doesn't have the same, I don't know, same drama that other shows have had in the past. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. Well, look, some of them have had some of the biggest rivalries of all time. You had you had Tito and Shamrock. You had Tito and Chuck. You had Rashad and Rampage. Those are Those are all-time feuds. But these guys who I don't really think knew each other, prior to filming definitely left not liking each other so in that sense it's a decent amount of heat i'll take it there's more heat now than there would be had they fought prior to filming the ultimate fighter when they were originally supposed to before volkanovsky contracted COVID. so there's that Valentina Shevchenko defends her title against Lauren Murphy. Uh, Valentina Shevchenko defeats Lauren Murphy is, uh, is the direction <laughs> we are going here. Well, look, uh, I believe she's the best fighter in the world. You know, I, I've repeatedly said this both to you and to the hired gun that I, I scored the Shevchenko-Nunez two fight in favor of Shevchenko. She is unbelievably dominant. Lauren Murphy, credit to her. She deserves this title fight. She has, you know, several wins under her belt. Every one of her uh, flyweight fights has been with a ranked fighter, and she just keeps winning. So, you know, credit to her. I think we just saw particularly uh, last go-round when Shevchenko destroyed Jessica Andrade that she's on a different level. You know, whether it's grappling, whether on the feet. At 125, I just don't, I don't see right now how she could be beat. But you know what? The same thing was said when Tyson fought James Buster Douglas. These things happen. If people are throwing their fists and throwing their legs and grappling, crazy things can happen. So same that's why happened. you got to watch. A, that's why you watch it for the potential underdog. And B, if not, you're watching greatness. So either way, it's a win-win. Same thing happened at Super Fight 1, baby. Nobody yeah. thought Rocky Balboa was going to go the distance with Apollo Creed. And yet, here we are. Yet everybody else who watched that first one, who then was able to watch the fifth one, didn't like the fifth movie, unlike you. Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler is now a middleweight fight per the great Ariel Helwani. What is going what happened? Uh so I don't I I didn't see anything other than it's changed. So apparently Nick doesn't feel like cutting the extra 15 pounds. That's what it's sounding like per reports. Uh but wait a minute. What? When he agreed to the fight, he could have said, I don't feel like cutting the extra 15 pounds. Not days, but... Uh, okay, continue. It's Nick Diaz. I get it's, it. It's Nick Diaz. I know. So, look... Uh, I, Who I like. I'm a, I'm a fan of the... I think they're insane. 
I love. I would it. tell them that they're insane, and I mean that you're nuts. I mean that in a good way. Don't punch me. Well, I hope you would be wearing pads at the time. And I'd at least wear a cup. Good move. Good move. Um, but either way, this is a rematch 17 years in the making from their first fight at UFC 47. Uh, the other funny things people have pointed out, the amount of months that have gone by since the first fight, it's 209 months. And 209 is the area code of one Stockton, California. So there's that too. Conspiracy theories abound. But either way, it is crazy. I mean, 17 years between rematches, I think that's that has to be some kind of a record. Uh, either way, these are two of the most exciting fighters. Not only you can't even say of this generation because they, they've actually spanned multiple generations. Uh, since you and I have started watching, um, you know, between Robbie and both have become welterweight champions uh, in major organizations. They, they've produced some of the greatest fights of all time. It's going to be interesting to see how Nick Diaz is, what shape he's in, particularly now that he wants to fight at middleweight, having not fought for, you know, well over six years. His last fight was at UFC 183 against Anderson Silva. But I can't look if a Diaz is fighting, I'm going to watch it. If a Robbie, if Robbie Lawler's fighting, I'm going to watch it. And, you know, for those of you who are newer to the sport and have really watched Nate, I would actually tell you Nick is the better of the fighters. Again, he hasn't been as active. He's tremendous boxing, amazing jujitsu. They're both t- the Diaz's are tough as nails. Robbie Lawler is. It's fantastic. I'd also encourage everyone to go back and watch the first fight at UFC 47. And Mike, I actually have something to tell. Well, not to tell you, but to remind you, uh, our first ever MMA event we went to was UFC 53. Do you know who was in the first fight of the card for UFC 53? Robbie Lawler. Nick Diaz. Nick, was he really? Knocked out Koji Oishi. I was a Koji Oishi fan. You were not. You were pissed off about something else regarding Ahar with Township High School. Oh, that's right. I'm still angry at that point. We'll get to that to another, <laughs> another show. What else we got going on in this card? We got a Philadelphia fighter on, on the card. Uh, honestly, this is, I mean, this card is super deep. The other two fights on the main card, fantastic. Jarzinho, Rosenstruck, Curtis Blades, major implications in the heavyweight uh, division. Then you have openers, Jessica Andrade against Cynthia Calvillo, super important women's flyweight title. All four of the main prelim fights, just straight fire. Marab Dvalishvili against Marlon Marais, amazing bantamweight fight. Nazrat Hakparas against Dan Hooker, amazing lightweight fight. Then we have Philadelphia's own Chris Dacus against Shamil Abdurahimov, great heavyweight fight. Then you have another... Awesome women's flyweight fight in Roxanne Monteferi against Taya Santos. I mean, this card is just super deep. And then in the early prelims, Uros Medic against Jalen Turner, two very talented prospects. And then also another super talented female uh, flyweight, Manon Fioro, uh, is fighting uh, Maria Buena Silva. And, you know, a lot of people think that Fioro is going to is gonna be the next true challenger. For Shevchenko. So, I mean, this is from, you know, sometimes, look, you the pay-per-views, you know, early prelims start at 6. You're like, okay, you know, I'll start watching at 7, 8 o'clock, whatever. I'm telling you, from 6 p.m. on, great fights. I cannot wait. Just you look so at that, excited yeah, you, for it. You look at that prelim card. That's a locked in. Where is it going? Where will the prelims be found? I ask this because we are in, a, we are in now autumn. 
It is a Saturday. I can't imagine that ESPN, any of the platforms other than Plus, is giving up TV time to the UFC when there is college football. Well, so the early prelims, and again, this is only in America, the early prelims are exclusively on ESPN Plus or, I believe, UFC Fight Pass. The, I don't know what you call them, I guess, the main prelims, they are on ESPN Plus and ESPN News. Oh, my God. They got the temple bump to ESPN News? Yeah. Yeah. That only happens to, to like, like, bad American athletic conference teams. I'm Not surprised that they anymore. kept Utah open. doesn't even get the bump to, to ESPN News. They get bumped to, to on demand on CBS Sportsnet because they're a bunch of pricks. That's true. But, yes, they'll be on ESPN News. And, obviously, the main card is pay-per-view, which in America – only can purchase through ESPN Plus. That is still so dumb. I really hate it. I'm going to rail about it every time it comes about because I want to be able to DVR it and watch it as I need to. I'm that, paying for it. Let me buy it and just DVR it. Everybody else lets me do it. I mean, I could do it for a, a, WWE, a WWE event if I wanted to. Now, I don't, but I could. That's the one part of streaming technology that they haven't yet mastered but no they have where, where have they done that where i could pause it and come back to it yeah so yeah, okay wwe uh, network the old okay but yes because right now espn plus main card starts at 10 o'clock if i'm hypothetically out and i get back at you know 11 and i want i i could de- here, here's, I mean, this is how weird this one is. So the early prelims, I'd be able to watch on ESPN Plus because they had, a, they would have occurred from six to eight. I can then DVR the main prelims because they're on ESPN News, which occurred from eight to ten. But I can't then start from ten o'clock on for the main card. I have to wait for the main card to finish, and then I have to worry about whether in the scrolling, at minimum, I'm gonna see. Because that's the problem. I'm in the last fight night. I missed the main card. I, I, I watched it later, and they have an option where you can. It just says, you know, fight night main card, three hours twelve minutes. But then they each, they have each fight and how long it lasts. So I knew that there was a stoppage in the main event, even though I didn't know who won. It's still a little bit of a spoiler, and I hate that. So you go back to the WWE Network before it went on the Peacock. You used to be able to, because I would do it all the time. I'd watch a pay-per-view. I'd put the kids to sleep, settle in. Nine o'clock, start from beginning. And I could fast forward up until up until now, as we'd like to say. So yeah. the technology is there. They just choose not to allow you to do that. It's not so, available on ESPN+. Plus. It's not available on a lot of things. It's not available yeah. on a lot of streams. But you could do it. It just... I get it. I get the ESPN deal. It just drives me insane because there are pay-per-views that I'm like, all right, I, I, I watch them, but I'm like, all right, I want to go watch this one, but I really don't want to watch it till like, this is a good Sunday morning for me. Yeah. I put it on, I'm doing stuff and I can watch it as I'm going along before, before the Eagle. Well, I say I don't even have Eagles before NFL, Yeah, right? Before the NFL that we have to discuss on the goal line, stand all football all the time. Also on sports talk Philly. And sports wire rating. Just put it on regular pay per view. Char- upcharge it a little bit more. I don't know. There's going to be idiots like me that would buy it. it. It's. 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I just wish that they would include this technology. I think it would actually improve their sales. I, at least get one more. On that note, we will wrap up this card next week. You can listen to this show here everywhere you find podcasts, sportstalkphilly.com, at sportstalkphl on Twitter. You can listen. To, you can follow us on all social media at ITF Show, Sportswire Radio. I'm Mike. That's Brett. Enjoy the fights. Stay safe. And uh, hey, it's autumn. Crack those windows. Grab yourself a sweater. It's the best time of the year.